so then it, that sounds like it kind of piggybacks off of uh, what brings you pure joy just in life overall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Well, like how I kind of stated, uh, what brings me the most amount of joy and kind of helps me just kind of do the day to day is definitely uh, video games and other media. I just feel like it's it's something that has been kind of a staple in my life because uh, it sometimes as a kid it's it's very difficult to kind of uh go out and, and make friends and like i i always had that difficult time and so always having something to look forward to and something to bring joy after it, especially if you, have, if you have like a rough day coming back and just kind of playing and if you have a boss that you've been kind of trying your best to kind of beat and you can and you finally beat it that day it just it gives that sense of like fulfillment and like acknowledgement also because i sometimes like you kind of crave that acknowledgement and parents won't give you that but games do so like it, it just kind of it it, it it brings me so much joy and also they help me through my tough the toughest parts of my life it's funny like it, it's funny to think that something that it's not like a real life thing it's like a virtual thing that you're playing can can bring so much joy and meet so much to one person and uh, that's what video games have been for me I haven't had like I didn't have the opportunity to get so many like knickknacks and things as a child because it was kind of rough with my father my dad being the only one that would work and now that I when I had my job I was able to buy all my stuff and so I just have like a ton of knickknacks here I have my my master's sword with like a pedestal I have a poster and stuff like that I have I have so many things and I like even though I moved in here not too long ago I have the my corner filled with like figures spider-man figures that i bought i just i, I love it it's it everything like it, it means so much to me and kind of like having the opportunity to appreciate them more like as an adult i feel like it, it filled it filled the hole that i didn't have as a child even more now you know the, when i when i look back on my life and i'm like all right where is the joy where is the 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 moments because i even i even looked up joy just to be like all what right what this? am i looking for what, what, what's what this is about the question i'm answering yeah is is the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying and to me that feels like the moments that i look back and i'm like that great delight from something exceptionally good or satisfying are the moments where i am being shown something or I am experiencing something together with another person or I am ushering somebody into a new experience. Uh, I don't know. Where, where, where do you think you find those moments of like self throughout the day? Yeah, it's hard. You know, I think it's helpful in the morning when I don't have, when I can wake up on my own, I think you know, when Nora in the morning, she's up bright, you know, bright eyed, mm -hmm. 6am every morning, and she's right here, waking me up. But if I wake up on my own, um, it's like a totally different, totally different morning. If I wake up on my own, I take my deep breaths, and I have a chance just to like, okay, like, it's going to be a good day, you know, thank God for three things in my life. And then I can get up and I feel, I feel centered. I feel good. Whereas if I have, you know, Nora saying, mom, you know, mama, I want to, you know, what, what can I play or whatever? Mm -hmm. It, it starts the day off. Not the way that like, I mean, it's fine. You know, yeah. not every day can be like this 
wonderful, soothing morning, you know, mm-hmm. but that makes a big difference just to have like that moment to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, throughout the day, again, the breathing and I really enjoy after the kids go to sleep where I'm able to like look at Darren and we can have a conversation yeah. or maybe watch some TV. You know, I'm a big news junkie, so, you know, I'm always reading the news. Um, so I tried to do that, but, you know, it's really hard being like a mom and being home and not, not having a lot of time to myself. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I think that like my situation now, I can look back on like different, you know, times in my life, my career as an educator or different relationships I've had with family or friends. And I can look back on that now and say, wow, I was really like all consumed with that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't taking care of myself. Oh, definitely. I, I think, important especially now because this is like the most consumed I've ever been by a job you know that I do take care of myself because it's really hard yeah I mean looking back when I was teaching it's like yeah I wouldn't go to the gym after work I would go home and grade papers or you know having a relationship that I was dealing with that wasn't healthy that I was like putting everything into and not taking care of my life Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that I'm like, it's really hard what I'm doing now to try to like get this balance and like trying to like be healthy Mm -hmm. because I want to get the most that I can out of the relationship I have with my family. I think that that is one thing I have noticed. I would say that the, you know, mine and mine and Kino's relationship is depth is hands down the healthiest one I've, I've ever been in even so far as my sense of self that's the thing I often lose in relationships uh, or have in the past Um, and I think ours is very strong because we do give each other the moment to have that that sense of self it's very clear that like you know I want to spend a lot of time with her um, but I do enjoy when I find a moment to go on a walk alone or you know when she's like do you want to go to the store with me we have some time and I'm like you know what no I would like to to hang out here and and have it be silent. I used to listen to a lot of music or have a TV show on all the time. And I think oftentimes I forget to turn those things on now because there's, there's oh. so much, you know, there's so much sound already in my, my, my brain that like, you know, someone will turn on music and it'll literally like take me out of my head and I'll be like, Oh shoot. Okay. Let me do two, these two things at once. Let me enjoy this music and also yeah. like do the same thing I was doing. But it, yes, I think it's nice being in, a relationship that allows you to keep that sense of self that doesn't yeah. it isn't a consuming relationship because not either the other person is aware or you know has been in the same place or is just like has a healthy concept on that mm-hmm. whatever it may be is like incredible yeah. and it allows them to have a sense of self too if you take a moment to focus on your sense of self or mm-hmm. you know yourself hey i'm going to take a little bit to myself it you know it can remind someone like darren who spends 24 six working, 24 seven working and yeah. to take just that 15 minutes that you're taking for yourself to maybe also take for his, his self too. Yeah. Yeah. Take a little break. I enjoy a, like when we, when we, we in our house, we talk about like cold beer clock, right? We, I should have opened <laughs> in retrospect. I might actually go do that. I have the, I have my friends. We cracked there. our last two last night. Definitely crack Tell one though. Story. Definitely crack right one back. though. Um, 
when you know when we talk about cold beer o'clock in our house you know we're talking about cracking open like a high life we're talking about cracking open uh, a, a pbr because it's a it's a quick drinking beer it, it tastes fine enough it tastes good enough i've i've grown to love them and you know you can drink a few of them real quick and it's cold and it's nice and then you get that feeling you get that that like nice you know buzz or or whatever um in the opportunities where i get to taste these these craft beers uh we'll also get another one i can't remember off the top of my head but they're like really flavorful and whenever they talk about their flavor they're really good but i you know i, I drink i drink one and, and the, the experience and the taste is so different that like you know when i was growing up we would say like we don't like you know i, I people like i don't like beer because they don't like the party beers they didn't like bud light and that is fine no one really likes like no one loves bud light people do but you know can't, can't drink all day if you don't drink bud light sure exactly exactly it's a if day drinking beer at, exactly if i'm gonna start at 8 a.m i'm not drinking no uh, drinking no this. no you can't drink craft beer all day <laughs> certainly all day. not you'll die um <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's such a different experience um drinking the the these beers well i i'm also now curious did you what uh what what beer did you grab to to drink this evening <laughs> so it is from a brewery in buffalo grove called liquid love um it is a pina colada fruited sour ale with pineapple coconut and cherries yes yes it's called it's called bitch front madness bitch front madness i i i'm in love i love it i think Man, I think that it only makes sense that I grab a craft beer. <laughs> I mean, it just it's, it's okay. like the most I'm Okay, cool. All right. I think all right. Give me like a 5 give me like a 5 minute break. Uh we have a like a, a spot right next door to my house that is incredible um with beer. So, I will be back in I can I can Oh, time. nice. You got, got something already? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super close. There you go. What did you get? So, the brand I was talking about is Pipeworks. Uh, I like I like Pipeworks. Yes, I'm a big fan. Um, I got a. It's called Friend with Two Boats. It is a passion fruit, orange juice, and coconut ale. That actually sounds really good. I'm gonna have to see if I can find it by us. Something tasty. Pipeworks blows me away. Every time I taste it, I'm just like, the flavor is stellar. What is your favorite kind of beer? Um, like favorite brewery or like style? Style of beer. Uh, I am a huge fan of um, the pastry stout category specifically. Okay. Uh, my teeth do not like them because they're absolutely loaded with sugar. But like, think of it like a dessert, except it's beer. I want to say so I've for had example, a couple. So for example, we, we brought one yesterday that had um, maple syrup, coffee, cacao nibs, Right. Or like some of them might have cinnamon and, you know, things that you'd put in a dessert and they're usually themed. So it might be like a cinnamon roll stout or like, um, mm -hmm. you know, cookies and cream ice cream bar mm. or berry pie stout that may have like, you know, raspberries and blueberries. Oh, the one we brought yesterday had blueberry coffee and maple syrup Ooh. it was quite good like the, like the like topping of a pancake exactly that sounds so yeah. good so i am very much my teeth and my dentist absolutely hate <laughs> that i drink those but i am that is very much like my favorite um style of yeah. beers um 
I, I love the barrel aged adjuncted um, stouts. Uh, that would be my top. Um, but really, like, I'm not picky. Like, the only real beer I don't like to drink is I'm not a fan of, like, the smoked beers, the Roush beers, where they, like, almost like a like a peat mossy scotch where it you could taste the smokiness. Interesting. I um, almost grabbed. I do not like that style I at all. I almost grabbed. It was a smoked <clears throat> stout. Uh, and it looked like it was aiming to be like a sweet smoked stout, which sounds like it bridges the two things you like, like and hate in one beer. Yeah, I can't for whatever reason. Um, like I drink, I drink like scotch and bourbon as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I cannot drink the Islay scotches, oh. um, because I literally feel like I'm drinking an ashtray. Man, I so love I it. prefer the. I prefer the bourbony scotches like the Highland and the Speysides mm -hmm. that are a little bit more neutral and they taste much more like uh, bourbon. See, when I'm um, for whatever reason, it's too the 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 smoky um, flavor, mm -hmm. like that particular way that they make it, it literally tastes like I'm drinking an ashtray and it's it's gross. Like it just it's not good for my taste buds. When uh, when I go out. And I'm like looking for an experience with drinking, um, which does like, especially living in the city um, uh, of Chicago, you know, massive city. It's so easy to find an experience with whatever you're looking for. Um, and so when I do, when I do go out for uh, a drinking experience, I look for those like, like I'm licking the bottom of a, of a burned boat scotch you know what i mean like salty yeah. and like so smoky that i feel like i'm smoking uh, at the moment acting was always something that i enjoyed but it was never really something that i pushed for i think there were a few points where like with middle school for example I did James and the Giant Peach and I got to play James and it was amazing. It was like the first thing I tried out for. And then I didn't get, I, I think I took that as like, wow, I'm already here, you know, and then tried out for like sure. further performances. Didn't quite reach that quote unquote stardom of, you know, being like major players in these middle school productions. I wasn't but... James. Yeah, I wasn't James all three times. What, what they didn't let me be the uh, peach no matter how much I asked. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so like it, the, that was an element of it was it was a little bit discouraging uh, in terms of wanting to pursue this. But it was also just like I didn't put any, you know, real effort and training in between shows to get better. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, why would I get to be major parts? And also like they might they would depend on the production like somebody else was going to be this and do better do a better job and i didn't really understand that yet so i think through middle school and high school it was a bit of like eh. and then the beginning of college uh i'll let you know i i started as a history major uh my first year just because i liked history yeah uh through middle school and high school and then i switched from history the very next semester to business because i was like uh, you know, business too. it doesn't matter. Right. It was like, let's not, let's not worry about specifics here. Let's just do the, the general degree that'll get me the most job offers when I get out of college, mm -hmm. because like, whatever it's, you know, college will be fun, but you know, like get a degree that people will look at and be like, ah, oh, yes. Hire that person. Maybe. Um, 
compared then, to a theater <laughs> degree, my mom says, is not uh, helpful. Yeah. Right. And then I failed out. So that was obviously not the right path. Um, but like failing out was a, uh, a bit of a blessing because like I, and I get that like a lot of, a, a lot of things have been very nice for me in terms of uh, growing up and learning like i got to i got to make these mistakes because of uh my family and i'm really uh appreciative of them you know after failing out it was like okay let's figure this out and i got to uh i got to fly to spain and do this pilgrimage called the camino de santiago which was a a 500 mile walk across like the entirety of spain from the french spanish border all the way to like the the northwestern border of that where i believe it's saint paul's resting place it's one of the saints but so you walked 500 it... miles yeah and i would walk 500 more i would walk 500 more <laughs> but not another one yeah i would fall down at someone's door for sure but yeah it was it was a really nice just you know you're walking like 20 plus kilometers a day mm-hmm. i did i did mine in like 50 days mm. um and you get to just think you get to so for some people this would be horrible but for me it was just really nice kind of like i have a thing that i'm going to get done which was walking the set distance from uh hostel to hostel or albergue as they called them for for this trip and during the course of each day there was like you could focus on what you're doing but eventually it's like, okay, well, it's just walking. You know, some some of this is just a flat road. What are you going to do? And so you get to think. Like, and for what kept me going for all of that wasn't, you know, thinking about like what desk job am I going to get in the future? Like, what is going to make me a lot of money? What is going to get me, you know, through my older years and help me, you know, either start a family or have a really good retirement or anything like that. It was all entertainment. It was all arts. It was music with my friend back home. He's a guitarist and I play drums. We have made like very small little like songs together that, but they were always fun. They were always a joy to make. And then there was acting. There was, there was the, the desire to create characters from nothing really and then just you give them life by giving them a voice they have some kind of accent they have some kind of uh drive they have you know something from their foundations that makes them who they are and you if it's your character you get to do whatever you want with that and then after the camino i got to go home and go to community college for a semester uh try to get good grades there work at the same time people in like the mcdonald's drive through were like i like your voice and i'm like the voice okay and so like did good had good grades in community college made it back into truman the very next semester and was like communication major but i'm also signing up for theater classes so it was you know it was a complete shift to i want to be some, I want to do something with the voice, whether that's like radio, you can have, you can still have a personality there um, as long as you're, you know, being nice. And then, or I guess for some people, you don't have to be you nice. You don't even have like, to be nice. You know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then there was, you know, the whole, the theater, like let's, I had fun doing this in middle school and in high school. Why did I not try to pursue this in any way, shape or form? And so that's, and eventually communication and theater swapped. So mm. I had a theater major, comm minor. Do you think any of this joy that you find in that, that like utility is that like, you know, that you also just enjoy doing this thing you have to do. Like, you have to create yeah. food at some point, whether you just pull it out of a package or, or whatnot. Well, to me, like, I think part of the, the joy is not pulling something out of a package. I think we're also disconnected from our food mm -hmm. in general, that, you know, cooking it, especially cooking something, like, from our garden, for instance, you know, you just feel a lot more connected to your food, but mm -hmm. there's also like, and it, maybe it's just kind of my weird OCD, but like this utility in like going into the fridge and just finding what needs to be used so it doesn't die. Mm -hmm. And then like, so there's that utility of sort of like using ingredients that need to be used so that you don't waste food. And then just the utility like of fueling your body and, uh, mindful way yeah and that i think so there's like the joy of like creating something really tasty and that's like the creative part but there's also the joy of like knowing that while creating something tasty you've also you know avoided wasting food and like fueled your body in a mindful like positive way so i checked a lot of being, boxes yeah for sure when i think about like the utility of cooking and then there's just also just sort of the organizational part of it that I just love, like the getting all the ingredients out onto the counter and like seeing all the raw ingredients and like transforming those one by one into, you know, the mise en place or whatever and, you know, putting everything in its place and getting the whole recipe prepped before you start cooking. Um, for me, I found that one, it, it brings joy just the knife work and like prepping and measuring things out and kind of getting it all lined up in a neat little row. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but also it helps, I think, with the efficiency of, of the cooking and like yeah. the end result because you have everything ready at your fingertips. And like that's, I think, how you start to, you know, gain more skill and, and be able to cook more complex recipes because uh, you got everything ready to go and it's just a matter of kind of adding it at the right time and you know doing the right thing with it but uh, I used to be I would try to save time by by starting a recipe and then prepping as things were cooking I'm pretty bad at that yeah but then like once I there's always I would it would always wind up at some point in the recipe where I felt like I was scrambling mm -hmm. like oh shit I forgot that I needed to like chop this garlic like let me do that right now but like it takes a few minutes to do and a few minutes can kind of make or break you sometimes like you could so if I just like it I mean it's much more calming for me to just have everything done you know I think yeah some people may be faster at like doing it the other way but you know for me I've just kind of uh gotten to the point where I just look at the ingredient list, get it all out, prep it all how it needs to be prepped, and then go into the actual cooking of the recipe. So 
Sort of like your small joy was earlier. It's like a puzzle. You like dump the puzzle <laughs> out onto your counter. You separate the edge pieces in the middle or, you know, by color or whatever. And then you like yeah. get to building and get to cooking. For sure. Yeah. And just like the alchemy of cooking is, I think, at the end of the day, what really like brings it home for me. It just like fascinating taking simple ingredients and they just become greater than the sum of their parts and i don't you know i don't cook anything crazy it's all pretty simple right. type meals but just that the idea of taking raw ingredients and turning them into food mm -hmm. you know i don't know there's something almost like magical about that you know it's like a transformation of yeah uh, yeah into something that like i said greater than the, the sum of its parts and you know some of that is i think the love that you put into it as well. Because on the one hand, you know, some people are like, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey is fan fiction. And that's just, they, they limit it at that. And I'm just like, okay, but Fifty Shades of Grey is bad fan fiction. Don't hold me to that bar, besties. There's so much good content out there. And when people are like, <laughs> I'm just like, shut up. You do not understand how large this umbrella is yeah i don't Crazy. know like holding any sort of uh, function or topic or you know grouping of things by their weakest link is like or a, you know a weak link is not always the best way to <laughs> to look at them i don't know i feel like you can do that with anything it's you not. know I could do that with any subject, find the weakest link and say like, well, look at this weak link. Well, and I was particularly nervous when you reached out to me. I was nervous to talk about fan fiction. And I think that was because of the stigma. I was like, oh God, if I talk about fan fiction, there's going to be somebody out there that's like, ooh, you like fan fiction? And I was going to be like, yeah. Actually, I do. Uh-huh. And then uh, the more I thought about it, and, the, and, and you would check in, you'd be like, are you sure about your topic? Not in the like, are you sure right, about right. your topic way, just like checking in. And every time I was just felt more vindicated, I was like, yes, I am sure. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. I am so sure. And it's just that the, but the stigma too, I think is it's a red flag because there's a, are you a Ted Lasso fan? I don't, I don't, I don't know of. It's a great show. Okay. I, I recommend it. Uh, but there's a scene, and it's basically this guy's talking about don't get judgmental, get curious. And I think a lot of people get really judgmental about fan fiction. And I, if you ask why that is, when you look at fan fiction sites, it's a huge space for othered people, for the gay community for lgbtq people like there's so much representation happening also it took off for young girls and a lot of things for young girls get kind of laughed at and ridiculed and this has happened across history like the beatles were considered a boy band until men were like i like this okay, now the beatles yeah, but it was like a silly thing to like for a really long time. And I do think if you look at like why it is popular and who it's for mm -hmm. and the communities that have access to it and then the people that kind of dismiss it, it's like, are you actually dismissing it because you 
understand what it is and you still don't like it? Or are, is this like a microaggression? You know, so it's like, I don't. Where is the dismissal coming to, from? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I try not to judge people too hard because like I get it and they might not know. But sometimes people will be like, eh, and I'll be like, okay, <laughs> like, sure. I chill. mean, I feel like a, a lot of not liking a thing, I'm not liking a topic or a subject of, of some kind generally comes from like falling prey to the stereotype of that subject right like if we if we if we think about this like the you know why you're nervous about about like bringing fan fiction is because there is this stereotype that exists and like you know people might bring that up yeah and you know from our end that's okay if they do we can just either ignore or maybe you know talk and confront or 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 converse about that situation uh to learn a bit which is one thing i always love about you know this like live kind of situation and setting but also um i don't know i i like a, i like approaching the subjects with those like uh divisive you know stereotypings because it, it lets you really like dive in like yes those stereotypes exist because you know someone found a few of the the things from the gay community and maybe the kink community and and all of these things and oh, they're yeah. like ooh no the devil or ooh, ooh no i don't like that <laughs> not vanilla enough for me um yes and so you know now this is bad because it is not what you know x person didn't enjoy well, and that's the thing is i i told someone recently uh, that i loved fan fiction and they were like isn't that porn and i was like some of it there i mean it exists <laughs> in there it exists and you can like there but if you go on ao3 and this is part of why i'm a huge ao3 stan is it's the easiest site to navigate it has one of the best search engines point blank period so if you go to the site you can filter first of all just by fandom if whatever you're into what show are you watching right now oh um what show am i watching hunter hunter okay you could there's hunter oh, hunter yes. for fan, fan fiction <laughs> oh yeah sure, you oh yeah go there and then further from that there's g through like e rated so if you're like i know what i want and i want like something wholesome you can sort by g there's not going to be a booty in sight you know, like I've read Mandalorian fan fiction where everybody was a kinder a kindergartner. Very cute. Like the kindergarten version of their themselves. It was so adorable <laughs> and sweet. And for people to be like, isn't fan fiction porn? It's like you're missing a huge chunk here. Like, of course it exists. And also there's some of it's really good. Um, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean it's, absolutely it's really great fan fiction there's really bad fan fiction and if you belittle it all to its lowest common denominator it's like sure that exists but like okay <laughs> and i was looking for a way to stay fit so i was already going to the gym um and then i i had these friends that were really into weightlifting and they I was too afraid to go with them because I was like almost embarrassed that I didn't know how yeah, to weightlift. Yeah, it's a it's a different level than what you were doing. Yes. Uh, so I I just started doing it myself. I was like, I just want to do it. 
So I started doing the like machines before I went to free weights mm -hmm. and I did the machines for like probably like a solid like four or five months, most of my first semester of college. And uh, then I eventually like just wandered into the weight room and I, I just, it, I, it genuinely became an addiction. I just couldn't stop. I was going twice a day for like all of my freshman year, but I also didn't have a job. So yep. that was my new job. Well, you're spending your time, yeah. And then when I left ASU uh, and I went to Missouri State, I went, it, I came as a theater major. And so I just started taking, taking dance classes again. And I accumulated enough dance classes to get a second degree in dance. I just like, didn't want to pay for the extra degree. Um, but I, I, that was like the reinvigorating of that passion was like, I had lost it over that year and then it came back to me mm -hmm. and I was taking two every semester for almost all four years, but I had become addicted to weightlifting. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I was also doing that. Yeah. I have had, I don't know. I didn't really get into even like being physically active until I was in college. Uh, I, cause I've always, I had like a high metabolism as a kid. And so once I started like losing my baby fat, I was just fine with that. Uh, and it never really occurred to me to like want to do more. And it wasn't even until like I moved to, to the city of Chicago where I started like getting into the gym and going weightlifting. And then like very addicting very quickly like every day in between work or like oh if i have an hour before work let's go spend it because i can use these machines and it's like the use the the active use of those machines is like very um what is satisfying like when it when it when it works just right you're like yes this is all going well uh it feels feels good so yeah. do you think it is like the use of the gym uh or is it like like if you had or like the use of the equipment that you're very very into uh like if you had a machine like that at home do you think you would do it more often at, at home or do you, do you think you like going to the gym i i truly think that for me the the gym itself like the the place is important. I think if I had like, well, we went kind of through this uh, mm -hmm. during COVID because I didn't, I did not go to the gym for like a year and a half and I severely struggled. Like I had very little motivation and I, I found like, even though I had those weights that you had gotten for me and I, I had those available to me that it was really a struggle to get me down there and like to actually do the workouts with it. It just like, the space didn't have the energy that I like crave. No, I, I, when I'm going to work out. Yeah, I definitely get that. I think that like even even doing it in the backyard where there's like a little bit light, it isn't the same like energy. the The air in the gym is is kind of buzzing with like the general energy you need to keep going. I think is you know everyone else is is kind of on the same wavelength in that space. I it's so much less of like uh, the equipment that I am using and much more the space that I am in. And like, I think the mutual agreement between like everyone in the gym that like we're all doing our own thing together collectively and we all have the same or similar goals in mind when we're in there. Uh, I think like that collective hive energy, it motivates you in a way that like I don't have internally 
myself. Because there are people that do love like working out at home and hate being in the gym. Definitely. And I, I am not one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I I need that energy. Gives you a little bit and extra it, boost. Mm -hmm. I also like there's a ritual to it. Like I I do the same ritual when I'm getting ready to leave to go to the gym every day, and it's like oh like. I eat specific, like I eat specifically with the fact that I'm going to the gym in mind and I eat in a certain time frame. So I usually like make my food and eat it and then I go change and get ready and then I grab my energy drink and I grab my bag. Like it's very simple things, but they it's all- It's just a ritual. They all combine into this ritual where I'm getting myself in the headspace to go. And once I'm there, it's just like a, med a meditative experience. Like I'm never focused on anything outside of what I'm doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. The gym is a... Uh, it cultivates that for me as well, that, that meditative experience, just because you get, like, locked in to your own little zone. You have your music going, because it's so awkward to be in a gym without your music going. Uh... Yeah, they started blasting EDM today, and it was so loud that I had my headphones on max, and I could still hear it. And I said, I don't know what you're doing, export, but this is not it today. The vibe is being crushed, export. <laughs> yes. So, back on topic of hand, I have been driving a motorcycle since last fall, but... It has always been a lifelong dream of mine to actually get one. And my significant other was able to help with that. Still paying him back on that, even if he's floating about over here. He tries to joke that it's a gift, but, you know, I, <laughs> no, I can't accept that as a gift. <laughs> he's getting paid back yeah, for it. Yeah, right, right. Actually, having that freedom of a motorcycle has been one key aspect that's brought a lot of joy. Yeah, okay, so you got that last fall, you said. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, it didn't work through winter, so... I was gonna uh, say, do you it, live in a place where, like, winter motorcycling is a, a possibility? It is, but the issue is the previous owners didn't take care of it. Oh. So we fought through the winter, out in the parking lot, before I even got a garage in, like, the spring. I found somebody who had one. We worked on that thing in freezing temps, cold weather, changing the oil, just trying to get the started, and it just wouldn't. Ended up having to take it up to a mechanic in a blizzard. Oh my goodness. So did you learn all the stuff that you know about motorcycles after you got this motorcycle? Or if you have you been like studying up and like learning about them for, for like longer? For a lot longer. Um, my passion for motorcycles actually came from, I had to have been like seven or eight. And my dad bought this junker of a bike. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't start and like, we, me and my dad didn't do hardly anything growing up as a kid. So when he brought home this junker, he actually asked for my help on trying to repair it. We painted it. And I remember like we cut open like one of those Mountain Dew 24 box cases. Yeah. And made decals out of the cardboard and painted the motorcycle. We never got that thing to start. And it had the ugliest paint job <laughs> you could imagine. And we ended up selling it when we moved, but it kind of got a chuckle out of me because a few years I remember seeing someone driving that motorcycle in town with the ugliest paint job. I would recognize that thing from a mile away. The same away. paint job where the decals still like on it? The cardboard decals? That's incredible. They didn't replace them. They fixed it and were driving it through town. That is amazing. <laughs> Me and dad were never able to get it up and running, but somehow they got it up and running and they did. 
That's super funny. I I love that. So so it's just always been, I guess, in the in the back of your mind. You learned a little bit then when you were like you said seven or eight when you were learning how to kind of repair that with your dad. Uh and you've wanted one since then. You were finally able to get one last fall. That's incredible. What kind of bike do you have? Uh, it's a um, cruiser style, Yamaha Roadster. Uh, it kind of got a chuckle out of me because whenever I first got it, I had my license, but I didn't have a license plate on it. But I still wanted to drive it around the block, mm -hmm. right? Just to see whenever I got back home because I was mortified of this thing. I couldn't even take it on the highway. The people we bought it from actually delivered it for us and we just paid them for the fuel cost. Oh, wow. Okay. And me being me, I wanted to drive it around the block because I'm stubborn and I wanted to see how it handled. So when I drove it around the block, we were I was wibbling, wobbling back and forth because I didn't have the knowledge on that and got pulled over by a cop. And oh it got a chuckle God. out of me because he mentioned just like, why are you driving something so big for being such a new rider? And I just mentioned it's like, that's all they had. That's that's what they had. Where do you think that all, all of this sort of uh, stems from? What, what about it do you do you love so much? That's a, good, that's a good question. So I can talk about soil health and soil microbiology for days. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it relates so closely to having healthy plants and healthy animals, regardless of, you know, if you're going to consume the animals or not, just to, to be an, a steward of animals on a piece of land. But the reason I chose growing food is because that's something that I find is very rewarding for me. And so to answer your question, where it stems from, for me, I thought about this a little bit, you know, thinking about the topic in, mm -hmm. in our interview, and I think it's just so rewarding when you grow something and you harvest it. Um, but it's also hard. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. It um, is, yes. Yeah. I always tell people if I didn't like it so much, I wouldn't do it because it's like, it's fucking, it feels impossible sometimes to, to be good at it. And it's really not. It's just, it's just a lot of work. I mean, it's a ton of work, but that's also what I like about it because when you are successful, it feels so good. So my stepdad always says, he's a farmer and he says, uh, you have to be all these things if you want to be a farmer or a good gardener. And this is at any scale, mostly kind of thinking about like small to mid scale, but even like large scale ag, it's, it's similar concepts. You have to be a botanist, you have to be a meteorolo meteorologist because you have to follow the weather, you know, an, an entomologist because you're, you're dealing with bugs, you know, a virologist because you have plant pathology, you know, you have to be a mechanic to a certain degree, working on equipment. Mm -hmm. So all of these disciplines, you have to know at least a little bit about all of them and or a lot. <laughs> and it, I think that's part of what makes it so hard. And then, of course, you're dealing with something that that we don't understand that much and we're people trying to understand plants. And so... Yeah, I, I think that's what really interests me is the the difficulty level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also interesting that you say that because like much like much like myself, you I feel like fall pretty prone to like ADD, ADHD, and the like you know the the symptoms that 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 it kind of entails with that and. Something like this, like this sort of lifestyle that requires a sort of base understanding of a, of a, of a skew of different subjects might be 
beneficial to that might like kind of help abate the symptoms because you have so many different things to focus on right like oh well today is a mechanics day because i have to fix this piece of machinery and today is you know you know now for the next hour i have to deal with the weather and like what's going to be going on and and you get to like focus on so many different maybe subjects it might might actually be pretty beneficial to that uh it's just intriguing intriguing i find myself yeah. thinking a lot about what creates a sort of a successful dealing with i don't know some more severe adhd moments yeah i would agree i've uh, quite a few obsessive tendencies and yeah i think it helps you know i actually uh could probably use to do some more meditation and stuff to to calm the mind but i i don't uh i don't calm it in the same way i used to with uh, drugs and alcohol and so i feel like since i stopped using my mind is like a lot more active and i and i like i guess part of what i used to use for was like to calm it down mm -hmm. and so the meditation helps with that but yeah i agree like subjects like that are gives you a lot of different avenues to pursue and so it's nice to it's nice to have the opportunity to do that and you know i think it's also primal it's like for me it's a primal thing to grow food it's, it's a necessity we all need it and it's it's like one of those things where yeah <laughs> i'm not inherently good at anything like i have to try real hard but it does it makes me feel good when i am successful like it makes me feel like oh you know maybe i <laughs> maybe i'm you know at least decent at this if i can like throw a tomato or like you know pick a peach okay well if i can okay if i can grow a tomato maybe i'm decent <laughs> at this because like comparatively the things like i i you're right you have to put you have to put in a lot of work it is it's a ton of work and like understanding of what the situation like what's occurring giving it the time that it requires giving it the like physical labor that it requires even just like last year i attempted to to garden in 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 our in our little plot back in the backyard and i maybe made out the tomatoes succeeded and some potatoes succeeded and i felt great when i had a bowl of potatoes and i was like look what i have done with my whole summer <laughs> but like how much how much how much you you told Darren and i one time about how much food you had like how much fruit you had picked off of the trees how much fruit <laughs> that you picked yeah it was like it was i think it was peaches last year uh it was like 500 pounds or 500 something. So it pounds it's not good. a <laughs> tomato that, that is yeah a yeah. quarter yeah. ton of see, peach yeah. it's true but the um yeah but it's, it also then it comes back to like that's what i do though you know yeah. like if i was to do something that you do like try that's to true. hook up some av equipment or something and i did it I would be like, yay! That's, and you'd be like, and you'd be like, that's nothing. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I guess, I guess that that I guess that 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 hold that holds true. I just uh, I don't know. I think that I don't know the amount of food that you talk about having like harvested and grown and like been a part of like a steward of its growth over the mm -hmm. time. Like you know that we've just been we do our like family game nights that we've been doing those that like it's a ton. That's a lot of food. Like tons of yeah. food which is incredible. Like, not only do you love doing this thing, but you do it at a level that goes to feed other people, right? Because you certainly didn't eat 500 pounds of peaches. I have, there are over 10 
U-Haul boxes taped shut in piles, piles, piles of U-Haul, of U-Haul boxes. boxes. <laughs> full of books that I at this point only have vague notions of, of what books they are. I know that they're books that I collected or inherited, but beyond that mm, could be anything in there. It's wild. So excited. I'm sorry. I don't know that we quite got to the selection or the question. Uh, no, sorry. It was just, uh, I think it was, do you, do you, do you think any of that stems from a joy <clears throat> of like collecting specifically? Oh, like sharing yes. your okay. collection um, or is it just, is it about sharing this experience? Because you like avidly collect these I think, things, I think I feel it's it's less than. No, you're you're you are absolutely right. I do. I love the sharing of the media, but like, I do also find a lesser but existent amount of joy in just standing and looking <laughs> at it. There are few things in the world more beautiful than a shelf full of hardcover books especially if you know that they're Um, all yours mm -hmm, they are your hardcover books that you personally selected and purchased and brought back with you i think it comes predominantly from upbringing i think i get my love of collecting and also sharing media from my father just about every type of media with the exception of role-playing games and podcasts. Uh, he was the the first and usually greatest influence because he would he would read books to me. He would uh, show me we would have movie nights. We would you know the, you know back to back movie nights. We would like consume content. Um, we didn't do a ton of TV, but I just didn't really enjoy the the TV that he liked to show my sister. It's a lot of uh, Joss Whedon and 90s serialized. I, it wasn't, not I wasn't here Joss for it. Whedon. Uh, not, not a huge... I, I mean, I love Firefly. Firefly's wonderful. Uh, the rest of it is a product of its time. Lots of 90s. Lots um, of 90s media is for sure. But we we had expansive collections of most media. Um, he had many, many, many CDs, both that he had purchased and that he had, in the early days of the internet, gone and found MP3s and, mm. and acquired them and burned them onto CDs. We had, like, six volumes of Disney music that he had just been like, I'm going to get some Disney music and put it on this CD. And now it's Disney volume two. It's the songs that you want. And there's, mm -hmm, it was what we listened to in the, in the car. We had that and we had uh, Beatles and we had cake and we had, uh, uh, what is his name? uh, Banana pancakes. What is it? Jack Johnson. Yes. And the Shrek soundtrack. And the Shrek soundtrack. You got to share that with everyone you can. Yeah. That's that's it. That you you can't not experience the joy in sharing Shrek. I mean, here's the thing: is that I feel like I don't have to share <laughs> Shrek because everyone everyone's already knows. Experienced Shrek, and if you haven't, everyone's heard the word, and the word the is word Shrek. Shrek. But in we had he had these huge collections. We had tubs on tubs of vhs that slowly evolved into dvds um and we had 
you know, the whole upstairs was was bookshelves, either freestanding or like built into things. Um, and they were all full of books and there were stacks of books on the floor sometimes. And at some point, I don't actually remember when I started gathering books, uh, because like for a long time in grade school, I was very much a, a library book mm. kid. Only from the library. Uh, my mom was very proud of me. But at some point in like middle or early high school, I decided that I actually wanted to start having them. And then my collection grew in college. And then after college, I actually started making money. And, and there was just no uh, no going back from books. that. I got books. I was making I was making sort of adult money. And there was a half price books on the way home from work the perfect storm to just go in there and be like, I had a great day and drop $250 on books um, and not even think a, a right, moment right. about it. Um, a little loop there, getting stuck and buying, buying more books. I'm glad that I'm able to sort of leech off of everyone else's collections of things uh, in order to satiate my habits. It's fantastic. Well, here's the thing. That's what yeah. it's there for. It's I, I call it a library for a reason. It's, you know, just don't destroy it and bring it back, it back yeah. and it's fine. You know, like even if you have to mail it to me, like that's, I'm not good. If, if I'm recommending it to you, I've probably already mm -hmm. read it. Mm -hmm. So go, go nuts. It's um, very interesting when you brought up very early on the definition of joy. I think that at no point, I don't know, in this process, did I look up the definition of joy, right? I just like... I sort of saw that on your face yeah. uh, when you yeah. were you were just like, hmm. like that's really that's he really neat. There. No, I mean I I was like um. enjoying it because like that. I mean you know while not using the the literal definition at any point, I have been looking for you know that that vibe that feeling like what what brings you that that sense of uh, of joy. And I want to try to figure out it's it's interesting because like you know I think everyone when I first ask them to come on they're like i have no idea what i'm gonna talk about they come up with a, a topic and you know then i ask for their small joy and two out of the three times so far it has been i would say related to your overall joy the thing that is is going that we're going to be speaking about uh in this moment and like it's just it's it's funny because like <clears throat> you find that large that big joy uh when you're when you're thinking about it for sure and then when you think back it's like all these little moments of reaching that like big joy kind of come out throughout the day well certainly yeah you you look at the definition and then you look back at at your life and you you look for those moments and you're like what's the thread what's the thread that ties these these moments together and then once you've identified that you see it everywhere it's you know the, the whole orientation of your life is sort of molded around how to experience these experiences the mm -hmm. most often mm -hmm.